Hey y'all, we're going to be at the True Crime Podcast Festival this year on August 25th through 27th, 2023 in Austin, Texas. Come join us and get 15% off your ticket with our promo code C. That's C-E-E at the checkout. Thank you all so much for listening to us and we will see you there. Oh, no next Tuesday? Not this time? This is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. And you have so many stories, we don't know where to start. I know. <laughs> you always have good stories, though, so. I know. I, um, yeah. That's what they come here for. It's what they pay for, baby. Because my life's a shit show. <laughs> I try, guys. Well, you don't. I think that's the thing. Yeah, I don't try at all. You're like, I literally just want to go to work, be quiet, do my job, listen to my podcast, go home, drink my wine, make a podcast, and that's it. <laughs> right? Like that's pretty much in a yeah, nutshell. Yeah, yeah, that's all I want to do. Really, I don't even want to go to work. I just well, want to sit at home and create podcast content, but unfortunately, I have to work. Work. Yeah, exactly. The lottery is not panned out for me yet. <sighs> I try real hard though. Yeah, we played the other day too. We're like, "Oh, okay. like, you know, the little app or whatever." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sitting here, Anna. <laughs> yeah, we're not recording this on the beach. Yeah, no. In Tahiti, in our own private, you know, villa or some yeah, shit. No, we're we're One still day. in your house. Yeah. So, what story do you want to tell us this week? Actually, tell me about this book you bought because I'm I'm very curious. I I saw a little blurb about it, and I was like, hmm, interesting. I might want to buy this myself. I will let you borrow my copy, my okay. Kindle copy. Okay. I okay. will share it with you. I purchased the new Ginger Duggar book. Which, if y'all don't know already, head to our Patreon. We did an entire series on the entire Duggar family, all the way through every single one of them. So, we kind of have a connection, oddly now, to this fucking family. Thanks, Amanda. Well, I've always been <laughs> obsessed with them. This is true. Because I don't understand. It, it's something I don't understand. It's like a train wreck that you're like, I don't, I can't look away. The whole continuously popping out babies, the whole religious aspect, all of it. I don't get it. And I think that's why I'm obsessed with it because I desperately want to understand it. Yeah. And I've just always been obsessed with it since day one. So how is it? And and remind me which, which Duggar Ginger is in, in line here. She's one of the older girls, correct? Yes. One of the top four? I think so. The four that wrote the book about yes. the unfortunate abuse that they had suffered at the yes. hands of their she, own brother. She was one of the ones that was abused by Josh. Ugh, disgusting human. So do not purchase this book thinking it is a tell-all. Mm. That is not what it is. Bitch. But she does systematically destroy the teachings of Bill Gothard. Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm listening. So if you don't know, the family follows the teachings of Bill Gothard, right? Yes. Which is, I forget the initials of what what it is, but basically this is like cult-like teachings. He's, he's a spiritual leader in the Christian faith, and he has this like, he has programs. You can get like Bible studies from mm-hmm. him, do a whole course on like, we're just going to say forgiveness or whatever, your relationship with your husband. You can also send your children to one of his camps mm-hmm. for boys or girls that teaches them how to be a man or how to be a woman, a mm-hmm. godly woman. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So he has the power to control what your children believe. Yes. And so she basically... She is saying, like, this is what I was taught. This is what he teaches. And this is what I was taught. And this is why 
I no longer believe it. Basically, she goes to like, just like a, she's still very much religious. So it's not like she gave up her faith and is no longer religious because she's married to a freaking pastor, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) But she now goes to, I think, just like a Bible church now. Okay. Where they stand up and they read from the Bible and they're like, this is what the Bible says. Right. With no interpretation. Right. And so she backs up all of her points as to this is what Bill Gothard would say and this is why it's wrong and this is what the Bible says. A lot of Bible quotes. Okay. You know, this. How'd that go for you? Are you okay? Doing all right? (laughs) Do you feel kind of tingly? I needed some deep programming myself. (laughs) Let's just say, like, I skipped a lot. (laughs) You're like, skip ahead, skip ahead, and okay, the verse is done. Okay. But it was very strategically written to not blame her parents. Hmm. hmm. Well, she's got to get those royalties. I mean, you know. To bl- it was to blame Bill Gothard. And, and so we're going to throw Bill under the bus. But not mom and dad. Mm-hmm. That chose to bring Bill in to begin with. It, because and, and mom and dad still believe mm. and are still... Very much Bill. Mm-hmm. So she's basically saying, I can blame up to this person. Mm-hmm. Who, let's just kind of read between the lines here because contractually, I won't get any money if I say it's my mom and dad. And she does talk about, like, it does make you feel bad and... For her. And it does shine a light on what we all knew that this is a cult. Mm-hmm. And it does shine light on that. And she does discuss that she, I forget the word she's u- she uses. I think she uses disentanglements is the word that she uses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I believe there's deconstruction, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that's the... I, I don't remember. I know what you're talking about because I've also run across actually TikToks of people who are now kind of like coming out of evangelicalism and it's like this anti. So I know what you're talking about. And, and you know, she discusses how like because of these teachings, like she would... She had like an eating disorder at one point. She had a fuck ton of anxiety because she didn't know... Like she wouldn't go... Her family would play this thing called broom ball, like not quite sure what, what what it was, something on an ice hockey ring, not quite sure. She would have so much anxiety because she didn't know, like, would God be okay with her doing that instead of staying home and reading the Bible and, like, all of this other stuff. And I'm like, this poor woman, right? But then just the, this week, I had a Google article come up. Or maybe it was something on Facebook. I'm not quite sure. But I read an article where she's doing all this press, right, for this book right now. And a, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody that interviewed her. Okay. Anonymously has come forward because they're not stupid and they want to continue their career. Yeah. Interviewed her and said she is still very much brainwashed. By the family. She will only answer XYZ questions because she has XYZ answers for those questions. She will not speak negatively about mom and dad. And she is very much a shell of a human being. Mm. And she has not really processed all the things that it seems like she has processed in the book. Got it. So it was basically like, hey, we're going to release this book to get money, essentially, for the family in a roundabout way. Let's lean into the idea that our kids are leaning away from us and fund that narrative because it's still going to make us money. Bad press is still press. Money is still money. I think that she really is not following the teachings of Bill Gothard because she has said publicly she's not homeschooling her kids. Like in an interview with like Good Morning America or something, her kids are going to public school. 
Like, I really think that she's not following those teachings anymore because her husband preaches at the church they go to. So I really think she doesn't follow those teachings anymore, but I think she's still so brainwashed by Jim, Bob, and Michelle that she can't make that full break away from her family. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh man, that's wild. There's so much we could have a whole episode just, I mean, we did have whole episodes on them. We talked six months about the family. Literally. It was, and I will say it actually helped me process a lot of my trauma from my Christian upbringing. So thank you for that. I know it wasn't necessarily your intention, but hey, ooh, healing. But yeah, that's, it's wild how, you know, a lot of us, I'm going to say us, millennials, I guess, who, especially whenever, when we were right around high school age, like this Jesus freak era came back, mm-hmm. early 2000s. The what would Jesus do, bracelet? Yep, yep, all that. And then I was already religious and I was already going to Southern Baptist school. So, I mean, shit. You know, you can't get much more than that, but it, we're all kind of like deprogramming ourselves now. And there's actually a ton of TikToks. I know that sounds insane to say that, but if you ever feel alone, just go to TikTok and find your people. You're not alone. And unfortunately, shitty people also find shitty people. So just bear that in mind on TikTok. But Seeing, knowing other people are going through it and seeing other people's journey through it kind of helps you heal as well. So if that's a way to jump off and then help you get therapy, great. End story, get therapy. Trust me. (laughs) Don't just go, I'm going to go to TikTok and heal. No, get therapy. Trust me. This is something that needs attention. Yeah. It'll help you a lot. So I, I really think that There's part of her that has ended part of her life she had when she lived at home. Yeah. But she needs to make that complete break from her family. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean. How could it? I mean, she's got like 18 brothers and sisters for one. Exactly right. (laughs) You know, and I understand that's difficult to break away from family All I'm going to say is I completely understand how difficult that is. More than you know. But reading that article actually made me feel worse for her than I did before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like she's still being used and she doesn't even know it. Like now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Like, I think she 100% wrote that book on her own. But I think she can't tell her full truth and do fully what she needs to do for herself and she knows she can't because of what the repercussions would be yeah when you were talking about her anxiety over like do I go out and play with my family or do I read the bible I had a really very real moment there I like legitimately I was like I've felt that before I'm not like that exact like broom ball versus but 100% that's I know that anxiety and I didn't even realize so you just said it, that that is another source of anxiety. It's, it's, it's crazy how those little things you just don't, you brush off as like, eh, whatever, do add up to kind of what that reporter was saying, like, she's a shell of a human. Well, yeah, because like, she's never been allowed to just fully be herself ever. Yeah. And, and like her husband, like she was taught when you get married you are basically still not a person. Your hu- you tell your husband, you are subservient in every single way. Yep. You're not a person, you're a wife now. Right. And so in her book, she says that her husband was like, no, I really want your opinions. <laughs> like, And she's like, what? Exactly right. So <laughs> she mean? had to adjust and learn how to do that. Which, holy shit, think about that, guys. Think about that. To have your own opinions and to say, like, instead of just going, when your husband says, hey, look at that, isn't that great? Instead of being on, like, a robot and going, yeah, wow, actually saying. No, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 
insane how people have perverted something like faith, which should be very, I believe, personal. It should be something that you experience with your God or gods, whatever you believe. And it should be a beautiful moment of comfort, relationship with people that believe the same as you and, and love and guidance and things like this, right? That's, that's how I believe religion, any religion should be. But in our country, they've taken that and then just twisted it into like this high manipulative, high control society where everybody's the enemy. Fascism, I'm sorry to say this word all the time, but it's really true, is number one in evangelical Christianity. If you read down the tenets of it, you'll realize, holy crap, they're very aligned. And it's sad to say that because like, you know, ideally this would be a place where people come to feel accepted, not rejected. And it's turned into, you know, something else, you know? And so everybody knows, like, I am not religious, whatever. And that's my personal I'm not going to say believe, obviously, you know, non-belief or whatever. And I actually had somebody say to me the other day, because, you know, I was, I got my, you know, infusion scheduled for my MS and they were like, well, you know, they go, I know you don't believe, but I'm going to pray for you. And, and I just looked at them, I go, you can do what you want. Yeah, like, like, guys, that's the difference is they, they like assume that you're going to do what they're doing, which is control how you think. Like, I don't don't care. I don't care what you do. If that's what you feel, if that's, if that's what you feel you need to do, like if that's going to make you feel better. Yeah. Great. Fine. It does not affect me one iota literally it doesn't hurt you you're like okay great thank you i I appreciate that yeah like if that's i don't know how to put it into words because i don't feel like i need to control your beliefs exactly whereas unfortunately it goes the other way exactly right i must control control my non-belief and what you do with your body who you hang out with when you hang out with them like, they, they had to be what like, I know you don't believe, but I'm going to pray for you. Like, they were trying to control how I feel about them praying for me. And it, that it kind of sums up United States Evangelical Christianity as it stands today in our country is exactly what you said. And so that's why, like, her book is even, even though it's not fully, like, to your point, coming out and standing up against the real culprits here, it still is in a baby step in the right direction, I feel for maybe getting out of this quagmire that we're in. Yes. It's not going to be a big jump like we all want, but maybe maybe it's a baby step. I think maybe it'll people that have looked, because there are tons of people that look, have looked up to her and her sisters. Absolutely. They wrote a book and she's even discussed the book her and her sisters wrote. And she said in her book, I had no right writing this book I had no clue what I was talking about I was questioning my own faith at the time maybe they'll read this book and go hmm hmm yeah because I think that that's the thing is is we all want radical change right now dude don't we I mean come on we're 2023 let's go but we got to slow step it here for the majority of the country so to your point some evangelical girl who grew up with her looks up to her, same age, has kids, whatever, whatever, goes, hmm, maybe she's right. Maybe I should be allowed to have my own opinions in my own home. And or also, if I don't want to follow a certain teaching or whatever within Christianity, I don't have to. I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a good thing. Have your own mind is all we're saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I think... It was a good read. I skipped past the Bible verses because, like, yeah, You're like, I'm not that gal. Whatever. But not my jam. Uh-huh. But I do like the fact, instead of her saying, 
Bill's full of shit. Go fuck yourself. Your whole, you have to wear a skirt because of modesty is stupid. She backed it up because she still is, has her faith and whatever. She backed it up with Bible verses for those of you out there that are religious. Yeah. And, and you, and she's like, this is why he has no idea what he's talking about. Right. And that's good though. Because the Bible never said that. Her faith. Yep. And saying, look, this is something where we should question some people sometimes, guys. Just because they're under the guise of a Christian leader doesn't mean that they are. Because there's no backup in the Bible for any of this that he said. He was a man making up rules with no biblical base for it. Right, right. So, yeah, to your point, I think we'll see. I, I would I'd like to stay optimistic. <laughs> as hard as it is right now, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, Woo. you know, and the article about her being, you know, I will only answer these questions because I only have pre-written answers for these questions. They also did say her husband was a little creepy. And so I, there's that. There too. was that too. Yeah. He's that, he is that guy who was like allegedly like texting some teenager or something like that. No, is that him? I, no, I don't think so. He's was an ex soccer player. Oh, okay. Oh, she married the soccer. That was her. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah. So I can't keep track, guys. <laughs> I know. There's 500 of them. Oh, my God. You know. <sighs> wow. Okay. I was curious about the how that was. So, I don't know. And, and maybe he's just protective of her because he knows how fragile she is with this yeah. topic, too. I don't know. I wasn't there. Also, I believe her husband's, like, European Spanish. Uh-uh. No? Uh-uh. I thought he was, like, from another country. Uh-uh. Well, never mind. Forget it. <laughs> I was going to say, because they have a different, you know, vibe there. They kiss each other on the cheeks and stuff. Oh, God, say. no, that would be a definite Duggar no-no. Oh, 100%. Like, even if it is considered a cultural greeting, they'd be like, <gasps> no, Don't touch me! Don't touch me! I'm leaning pure. away. I'm pure! David Beckham going in for a kiss. Both you and I, like, shoving the Duggars out of the way. I'd be like, David, right here! <laughs> Y'all don't know what you're doing. I'll take theirs, I'll take theirs. And then I'd be like, oops, did I turn my head and we hit lips? This, that man. God dang it. Did you see, I'm like... I'm sorry, I need some privacy now. We brought him up. How could we not? How could we not? We just need a little David, just a little sprinkle. We're gonna we're gonna bring him up every time now. I love it. Oh, are you ready to get into the episode today? Yeah, because I've had too much Duggar and too much religion. Okay, well, if it's you not talk religious, about religion, it's I'm not. gonna hit you. No, it's not religious. It is an SP episode because we are dealing with children dying. So I'm just gonna say that. Skip to the end where Amanda does the amazing person. Oh, and I got a good one. I'm excited. I'm so. excited. Just want to forewarn everybody, this is also a very recent thing that has just happened, so you may have seen this in the news, and forgive me if I'm getting any of this wrong, because again, this is a very recent thing, and some news may have come out since I'm now talking about this, okay? So today we're going to talk about Lindsay Clancy. Have you heard about her? Mm-mm. Okay. She was born around 91. And I couldn't find more about her childhood. Again, this is where people... Y'all, stop protecting your information because when you murder someone, I mean, murder's never the answer, but when you do murder someone, we need the background information, so stop fucking protecting your information. Write a little bio, throw it up out there on the internet so we can get all the deets. What she's saying is people are brands and podcasts are all that matters, so get with it. Please. (laughs) Sorry. So she did go to Lyman High School in Wallingford, Connecticut, and then she went to Quinnipiac University and graduated with a biology degree in 2012. I just want to say good job pronouncing that because you know I would have never been able to say that. Probably still pronounced it wrong. (laughs) Who knows? So she holds a nursing degree from Massachusetts General Hospital Institute of Health Professionals as well. So this lady is intelligent. So she's a nurse, so she knows how to murder people on the DL. She does. So somewhere along the way, she met and married Patrick Clancy in 2016, and the two had a seemingly regular life, kids, house. She looked fit, so you know, the photos, again, this is like recent, so she had Facebook photos and stuff like that. Like keeping oh, up with and the life. Facebook wasn't private? Y'all, no. 
I love it when you don't make your Facebook private. <laughs> and then she became a labor and delivery nurse at Massachusetts General oh, Hospital. Oh, God. Did she kill the babies? No. Oh, thank God. She had three kids. I was going to skip forward to my good person if she was <laughs> killing the babies. Not those. Oh, her own. Great. Thanks. Let's go. After her third child was born, she stated on her Facebook page that she was struggling with postpartum depression. And Lindsay started a routine of exercise, nutrition, and taking care of her mental health. In fact, she was taking medication for her depression. Oh, good. I, I... And from what I read, it seemed like there were ups and downs like any life. And everything seemed to be going along like, again, regular life. And she was doing all the right things. I'm putting this in air quotes. I'm an advocate for medication for mental health. 100%. And how she handled it was even better. She goes, not only am I going to do this, I'm going to exercise and eat right so I feel better. I'm going to get some sleep as much as I can as a new mom. She's got three kids under the age of like seven. Okay? Like, girl. You've had two. You knew what that was like. I had three kids under the age of seven. Oh, you're right. My pod twins were five when my youngest was born. Oh, yeah. So you know exactly what this is like. Like, how much time did you have to yourself? I don't... It was, it's all a blur. It's a blackout. It, exactly. <laughs> like, it's a blackout for and, a reset. And when my youngest was, like, under two, I started taking meds for anxiety. I'm still medicated. And when I don't feel right, when I feel my meds aren't working, I go to my doctor and I talk to them and I get my meds adjusted. This is to tell you guys to go to therapy and take your meds. We love you. I'm just saying, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Nope. Nope. If it makes you feel like, oh my God, I can function. I can live a life that I'd like to lead. Awesome. Do what you need to do for your mental health. If your family is giving you shit about it, do not worry about what they think. (laughs) Like, you gotta look out for you. Who cares what anybody thinks yep if you need to take medication for your mental health anxiety or depression that's what you need to do yeah there is nothing to be ashamed of no shame in that game absolutely at all no at all in fact when i forget my bills i can tell and i feel not okay Mm -hmm. yep so we're here we we feel (laughs) you Trust us, we all, we're all dealing with some shit. And anybody who says that they're not, they're lying to themselves and others, let me tell you. They're, they're fucking liars. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, because I just want you to know that it's nothing to be ashamed of. Nope. So, now we're in January 2023. And Lindsay was waiting until her husband was out of the house, running errands. And, again, SP episode... She strangled her three children, Cora, five, Dawson, three, and eight-month-old son, Callan, who appeared to be alive when the New York Post article I read was posted on January 26, but has since passed. She then tried to kill herself by throwing herself out of her home's second-story window, but she survived. Okay, I do not believe she was trying to kill herself because everyone knows a second-story fall is not really going to kill you. So, gear up. Her husband, Patrick, then came home and seeing the house was quiet and empty. And I'm sorry, three kids in the house. Your house is never quiet until 2 a.m. Never, never. He was like, okay, something's wrong. He runs upstairs, knocks on her door. Like, what's going on? It's locked. So he unlocks the their bedroom door, looks inside and sees blood by the window, looks out the window and he sees her laying there in the backyard like, what the hell? He calls the cops, okay? And this is how I think the timeline has happened, okay? So he's calling the cops as he's talking to his wife who's laying in the grass. Is he, did he run downstairs? Mm-hmm. Okay. He asked her what she'd done and she said she tried to kill herself, right? Now, It seems like he's on the phone with the police as he's asking her these questions. He's like, where are the kids? She said, in the basement. And then you hear him running down there and then a scream in the background and like crying. Did you listen to this? No. Absolutely not. I don't know if it's released. I'm with you. I I don't know if I could listen to that. I was like, no, I'm out. 
I've listened to 911 calls mm. for episodes before. I regret it every single time, but I always fucking do it. Yeah, the, the transcript said they heard a man screaming in the background in agony and shock. So, Lindsay is currently being charged with three counts of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, three counts of strangulation or suffocation, and two counts of murder. And I'm assuming only two because the third child died later at the hospital. I think they're probably going to add that third count on now. They might, yes. According to Lindsay, she said she heard a voice and, quote, had a moment of psychosis. So, how did we get here? Lindsay started experiencing suicidal thoughts in December 2022. And through the beginning of January 2023, they kind of worsened. She started to journal in her daily activities in a journal. And she was diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder and was given medication. Okay, so according to the New York Post article, she was overdiagnosed with medication. So either they got her dosages, dosages way wrong, or she had like two or three or five meds that she was taking all at the same time. Now, after falling out of the window, she's paralyzed, and she had to be arraigned via her hospital bed. So I just want to say one sec. Like, we are sending love to everybody who's affected by this. Like, her husband and the family is like, I cannot, I cannot imagine their life right now and the speech is absolutely shattered. And we hope you're surrounded by love at this time. And I feel like this situation might have been avoided. And her story, the real reason I want to talk about this is mental health. Let's get in this. Specifically around new moms and postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis. This is something that needs to be destigmatized. It's alleged that Lindsay was suffering from a little... From, from postpartum psychosis, which affects one in 500 women, this is where you have symptoms from delusions, hallucinations, extreme depression, or flat effect, like you don't have any emotions at all, decreased need for or inability to sleep, paranoia, and or extreme suspiciousness, and rapid mood swings. So hers went beyond the postpartum depression and anxiety med would solve. Yeah. It wasn't caught in time, unfortunately. Lindsay did get the help that she was needing. So Lindsay was doing all the right things. That's why I put it in quotes, because she was. Lindsay did what she thought was best. I read articles, however, that also stated that her husband was told by someone, I'm assuming a mental health professional, do not leave her alone with the children by, for any reason. The police are now saying that this is... They're going to try to go with murder on this. Like you heard, two counts of murder. Like premeditated murder. Like she basically mapped out and planned how long it would take her husband to do certain errands so she would have enough time in the house with the kids alone. Well, it's kind of like, help me, help me. Which one? God. We we talked about a lot of them. The one I did early on. Angela Yates. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like Andrea Yates. Andrea Yates. Andrea Yates. Because her husband left for work. Her mother-in-law was coming to stay with her, and there was a very short window between her husband leaving and her mother-in-law showing up. Yep. Where the children, yeah, exactly. Where she was alone with the children. I don't think, my personal opinion about Lindsay is she needs mental help. I really do believe this was entirely a psychosis thing. I do not think if she were in her right mind, she would have killed her children. I just don't. I could be wrong. I mean, yes, we, we've had many stories of women who are heartless people who kill their children, but this is reading more as an Andrea Yates moment mm-hmm. because of she tried to get help. She did get help over underdiagnosed with meds. Who knows? It will come out, I'm sure, in the I trial. Mean, and that's the thing with these types of medications. It is very difficult to get the right dosage yeah especially right at the first right Mm -hmm, they gotta mm -hmm. tweak you a little bit Mm -hmm. and you have to be self-aware and say no this i i'm still feeling like this or whatever and tell your doctor like my medications aren't right Mm -hmm. because your doctor doesn't know that's the thing with mental health like it's not a broken arm it's not a heart arrhythmia you know what I mean you always exactly you have to constantly be rehabbing essentially constantly be rehabbing because 
like you said, once your broken arm is fixed, it's fixed. You don't have to go back and go, are you okay? Are you okay? No. Mental health is a constant process you will always be going through. And, and you have to be honest with your doctor about how yep. you feel. Like when you don't feel like your medication's working anymore, you have to be honest to go back to the doctor and say, hey, I don't feel like my medication is working. Can we change my dosage or can we try a different medication or is there something else we can do? Yep. And that's on you to do because nobody else knows how you're feeling but you. And it is so easy to hide. That's the thing. It absolutely is. And that's, you're absolutely correct. And it's, it's like actually one of my favorite podcasts says, last podcast on the left, mental health or mental illness is not your fault but it is your responsibility in that it's your job like that to stand up and advocate for yourself if you can. Now, granted, we know there's some people that when you're in schizophrenic mode or bipolar mode, sometimes you don't know what you're doing like at all. So it's hard to advocate, but yes, you're right. So I, I'm with you. I, I think again, I'm sure a lot more will come out between now and then the fact that she is paralyzed, like the fact that she threw herself out the window to me, again, I have one side of the story here. Makes me feel like she didn't, she really felt remorse for what she did. She, like she realized, oh shit. Like after she came out of that moment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, I, I wouldn't want to be paralyzed the rest of my life over, I mean, I'm, I'm sure she wanted to die, but still like, <sighs> yeah, it's insane. So uh, let's go back. So it's mental health care is a nuanced thing. As we know, like no one pill is a silver bullet. You know, it's no. not going to fix everything and no, neither will just therapy. Sometimes you, sometimes you got to do a multiple type of deal. And there are a lot of factors affecting mothers from day to day life of like just regular raising a family to if you're working as well, work stresses, relationship stresses. Cause you know, and on top of all of that, the narrative is that women and everything in their life, has to be perfect. Perfect mom, perfect sex partner, perfect wife, perfect bip, 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 bip. And this goes across genders too. Like the person who's the caretaker of the children needs is, has to be like put together. Right. You know, and there's this like pressure and stigma. If you can't hold it together, like, oh, girl, get your shit together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with you? If you look frazzled as a mom walking in, you know, to H-E-B and your hair's not done and the kids got drool on them, it's like, yeah, this is as much of a capacity as I have today, bitch. Congratulations, right? But people judge it's, all the time. It's like someone walks into your house and your house isn't perfectly clean. Fuck you. I live here. Yeah. I have four pets. I live here. I have a full-time job. I'm sorry. There's enough dog hair on my stairs to make two more dogs. Yeah. I don't have it made. Go fuck yourself. Pretty much. It's like chill, guys. But traditionally, it's been on the woman to do it all, right? And in her case, she was a nurse and a mother. Mm-hmm. So both high pressure, extremely high pressure situations. Add some postpartum in there, not a good mix. Also, let's go into the massive shifts in your body chemistry alone. I mean, the hormones also are what cause these peaks and valleys because of you just had a baby, you pump out a ton of hormones. I mean, this is what your body does. So some of it isn't even under your control at all. Women, y'all know what we're talking about. (laughs) Like, holy, the time of the month. Those people with uteruses out there, you know what I am saying. (laughs) I am so glad I don't have one of those anymore. Oh my God. Non-binary queens, you know what I'm talking about. It's crazy. Like, I literally feel like a crazy person sometimes. Right? Like, the PMS still hit. It still hits. Yeah, because I still have my ovaries, so I still have my hormones, but... (sighs) Bitch. I honestly was like, just take it all. I was literally like, take it all, take it all. No, because it would give you hormones and so you'd still have it. I know, pain in the ass, but still. No, it's it's crazy. Like, and But what's even worse is you know you don't have control. And this, again, mental health. When you feel out of control, talk to someone. Definitely talk to someone. 
So there is some good that's come out of this. It's obviously raising awareness on the issue and destigmatizing it. In fact, the, the hashtag postpartum psychosis had over 50 million views on TikTok alone. Now, granted, as we know, TikTok can go either way on that hashtag, but the point is it's getting out there. Like it's, this is a conversation that we need to be having. It's also caused the state of Massachusetts representative Carol Fiola to file a bill that would provide coverage of screenings for postpartum depression. The bill is trying to standardize that care that all moms receive. So she's trying to standardize this postpartum thing. Okay, you've had a baby. Great. Now you're going to be screened. Yes. Love this. Incredible. Side note, if you or someone you know is experiencing any of this or this sounds familiar or you have a twinge of it and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, not feeling like yourself, struggling with suicidal thoughts, text 988 or call 1-800-273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK. I'm also going to provide a ton of resources specifically on this topic, including postpartum.net and the CDC site for postpartum depression. I want to also say, if you have a partner that or a significant other, or anybody in your life, a child, a coworker, a friend, anybody that doesn't seem like themselves, mm. you need to step in. Just check in. Yeah. Hey, you doing all right? Yeah. What's going on with you? And, and help them get the help they need. Because sometimes they don't realize it. Like, yeah. if they've never, like... If they've never received mental health, mental health help before, they may not realize that they need it. Absolutely correct. You're so right. And it's been stigmatized in our country for so long. You can't blame them. I mean, it, it makes sense why a lot of people feel shame around it. I, I actually know someone... I've been in a situation where somebody needed help and didn't get the help they need and it ended poorly and people are trying to get them to get help. So step in because I've seen what it's like for those people when they weren't able to have their friends get the help they need in time. Yeah. So... You feel guilt that you shouldn't feel because it is not your fault. It's never your fault. Nope. But help your friends get help when you see that they need help. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it may take some tough love. I mean, sometimes your friend may not be happy with you at the time that you're getting them this mental help. It may be an addiction problem. You know what I mean? And end of the day, if you want to help them because you truly are like, man, I know this isn't you. This isn't who you are. I can hear our resources. Sometimes you do have to tough love it, but you're right. It doesn't hurt to even just check in on a coworker that seems to be down. Like, Hey man, you seem kind of down lately. Are you doing all right? You have no idea what can bring someone back from the edge. You have no idea. It could be that small little like, Hey, smile in the hallway, that moment where you're just checking in hey, got an extra coffee, you want it? Like little things, just be kind to people around you because you really don't know what they're going through. You know what I mean? We also want to say, and if you don't mind if I speak for both of us when I say that we love all of you. And like Lizzo says, we're so glad you're still with us. And people really, really do care about you being on this planet. We care about you being on this planet. Stay with us. Yes. Don't give up. Trust us. Like, life can be just as amazing as it can be shitty. <laughs> really and I mean, can. and it can turn on a dime. Like, it can be shitty one minute, and then the next minute, it's You're great. Like, literally, like, how did this happen? Like, it's amazing. So, we'll see what happens there. I mean, Yeah. I just really wanted to shout out to anybody with a uterus out there who's going through any sort of postpartum. You're not alone. You are not crazy. This is no. something that is very common 
there's help out there. Like I said, we're going to have it in our show notes and we'll have it on our website blog for anything you need Mm -hmm. at all. Yep. Who are you going to do? I'm excited. You were so excited. I'm actually going to give you a history lesson. Yes. (laughs) Oh, because I'm going to give you a history lesson on the next episode. So yay. Yay. I love it. I'm going to get into some history before I get into my person. And the history lesson actually really goes into my person. And so it's going to be a local history lesson for us. But it'll make a whole lot of sense. Okay? Okay. It'll all come together in the end. It always does. As always. So in 1855. Going way back. A farmer, James E. Hutto, settled in Williamson (laughs) County, Texas. Then in 1876, the International and Great Northern Railroad built three miles south of Shiloh. Shiloh was a small farming community near the crossroads of FM 137 and FM 139 on the north side of Brushy Creek. This is also where Tina Marie Cornelius's kids were found murdered. I.e. in our very first episode. Yep, episode one. Wow. And you can also listen to an episode, Letters from the Inside, where we received a letter back from Miss Tina Marie. Yes. Wild. She's ghosted us, but... Hey. You know. So, the McCutcheon Shiloh Cemetery is currently all that is left of that thriving town, but James sold 50 acres of his land near Shiloh to establish the town of Hutto. So, Hutto was originally not much more than a train depot, But in the 1890s, Hutto began to really take shape and brick structures were starting to be built on the north side of the railroad tracks. The Hutto Post Office opened June 27, 1877, and James E. Hutto was appointed the very first postmaster. Oh my god. So by 1896, the population of Dutch, Swedish, and German farming immigrants had reached 700. That seems right. All of that is checking out. Yep. So James was one of the most prosperous cattlemen in the county. James and his wife, Margaret Hughes. James and Margaret. (laughs) Margaret was from Alabama and they had eight kids. Oh my. Although back then, common. Because you're going to unfortunately lose a few. And and there was no birth control and you're farmers and you need all those kids. I mean, it's free labor. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 1800s, guys. Yeah. And... 1885, they moved to Waco and they operated a successful hardware business, but their eldest son, John R., operated the Hutto Gin, and that's G-I-N for cotton gin. Right. And farmed. Their second son, James E., followed in his father's footsteps and became a successful cattleman and cotton farmer. But... They were not the first settlers in Hutto. What? You're saying there were people here before white people? Well, it was not indigenous people. The first settler in Hutto was Adam Oregon, an African-American man born into slavery in Tennessee in 1837 and taken to Texas to watch over his enslavers ranch and cattle interests in the area. I cannot tell you how much I absolutely love that fact. He so they basically were like, you watch all of this stuff one person. One person. Bro. <laughs> Talk about setting him up for failure. Like, come on. I mean, I don't know how much, because it was only 50 acres at the time. Okay. And, well, so James sold 50 acres to create the town of Hutto. Okay. And, I, and that was in... I'm not quite sure what year that was in. That I think that was after 1837, but I just love that an African-American slave was the very first settler oh, of Hutto. 100%. And um, yet, again... This is a rural Texas town, and so... Did we learn about this? No. Nope. <laughs> but We're going to learn today. I will admit, the city of Hutto, they have a big park. It's called Adam... It's named the Adam... Adam Oregon Park. Oh, it is named after him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Snaps yes. to Hutto. Good job, so, guys. So he may have been a slave, but he was the first settler in an area that will end up as a predominantly white area. Yes. And nobody can take that away from him. Absolutely not. 
He was so, like, I was here first, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the bit where he's like, fuck your couch. <laughs> exactly right. So a fire in 1902 destroyed the east side of what is now East Street. And although for nearly 50 years, the city, you know, it was a city, but it was officially incorporated in 1911, the current population of Hutto in the official census in 2020 was 27,677. Really? The current population is 31,441. That is way more people than I thought were living there. I was thinking like 4,000, 5,000 max. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of suburbs though. Yeah. I forget. Because like it literally is still a railroad and a light. (laughs) So no. There's like two lights, lights. excuse me. There's like two lights now. Excuse me, yes. So I'm telling you all this history because I want you to have the history behind the town that in 2022 hired its very first African-American police chief. (gasps) Dude, did they really? Yes, and this is a huge deal since... Yes, it is. Only 14.33% of the population is African-American. That's a huge deal. So Jeffrey Yarbrough became the very first African-American police chief of Hutto on April 18th, 2022. Yes, dude. So I want you to become aware of how I became, oh, how I became aware of this story. I think it's really important. So I was watching the local news as I was getting ready for work one morning. I watch the local news every morning and I'm getting ready for work, and they're doing a news story on Chief Yarbrough, and I was not really paying attention, and then I heard him say this quote. It's important to serve with your heart. And that is the moment I knew I was going to tell all five of you about Chief Yarbrough. Yay! Because that quote right there, I was like, I need to know more about this man. Right? Like, wait, I'm sorry. You're talking about serving with your heart and you're a cop? Like, what's happening? What reality am I in right now? And you were in Texas? And you're a person of color? Like, (laughs) all of these things are happening all at once. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard that quote and I wanted to, I personally wanted to know more about him. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I just, like, that quote right there... I don't know. It just spoke to me. Yeah. So Jeffrey Yarbrough was raised in the oldest town in the state, Nacogdoches. Is it really? It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And his father was a minister and in law enforcement. Nice. And the chief's brother was also a minister in law enforcement. Okay. But ironically, he never thought about entering the profession until he got out of the military and really started thinking about, and I quote, who the template for his life really was. And it was my father, and he was in law enforcement. So the chief was a former U.S. Army Gulf War veteran with the 101st Airborne Division. Wow. That's fucking impressive, dude. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Hey, 101st, if you're listening, what's up? Not only was the chief in the military, he graduated from the University of Texas in Brownsville with a Bachelor of Science degree in criminal justice. UT, bitch. And Texas A&M with a Master of Science degree in educational human resource development. Oh, he's a hybrid. So he can gig them and he can hook them. Wow, okay. So, listen how amazing he is. So before joining the Hutto Police Department as the chief of police, he had a 27-year-long career. Prior to the, right before accepting the police chief position, he was the chief of police for the Round Rock Independent School District, where in 2022, he was nominated by his peers for the Law Enforcement Achievement Award, which is given each year by the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement. And he was nominated for his work to establish the district's four pillars of school policy model. Oh, The four pillars of school policy model, let me tell you about this. You're going to fucking love this. Oh my God, I'm excited. Focuses on school safety, racial equality, behavioral health, and student advocacy. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, yes. 
Built into the models is a team of social workers who work alongside district officials to find non-law enforcement solutions to address student needs and promote positive outcomes properly. What? I didn't even know that existed, for one. And two, absolutely yes. A cop introduced this? Yes. Of course, Chief Yarborough was awarded the Achievement Award that year because of this model. Fucking amazing. And it's incredible. So prior to his job at Round Rock ISD, the chief worked in a dual capacity as the inaugural chief of police and chief operating officer for the Bastrop ISD. Oh, wow. He also worked as a sergeant in the public integrity unit for the Travis County District Attorney's Office, where he investigated alleged criminal offenses committed by public servants and elected officials. Loving it. He also was the former chief of police and assistant city manager for the city of Tallulah, where he oversaw the electric, public works, water, parks, landfill, and police departments. Dang. He has served as the senior investigator for the chief of disciplinary council of the state board of Texas, where he investigated professional misconduct allegations filed against licensed Texas attorneys. Oh, You don't want to be on that squad. (laughs) That's not a fun squad. (laughs) He served as the sergeant with the Texas Attorney General's office and was responsible for investigating capital murder and major felony cases throughout the state. Man. So, as you can see, he had a long and lustrous career and is more than qualified to be the chief of police anywhere and hold any position in law enforcement. I mean, literally. I, I, I mean, a town of... 30,000. He could do... He could do that with one arm tied behind his back. Yeah, exactly. So, this quote from the chief makes me a little sad. Ready? As a black man in law enforcement, you're in a middle area, meaning that you have to prove yourself on so many levels. I had to prove myself to officers that I worked with to let them know I was committed to the profession of protecting and serving. The chief has been in his new position in Hutto for nine months, and he has said that the Hutto community has treated him like a long-term resident, which makes me happy. Given the history of the city and the demographics, it would be easy for to see this community not accepting an African-American police chief. But seeing them being so welcoming gives me hope that change is happening in this world. And no matter... What you do, in the words of Chief Yarbrough, it is important to serve with your heart. Oh, I love that. How incredible. What a story, dude. That guy is, like you said, more than qualified. He's overqualified, really. Mm-hmm. This is like a retirement for him. <laughs> He's like, ah, I could take it easy, you know, walk around town. <laughs> Man, that's, I had no idea. That's a huge deal, and Way to go, Hutto. Snaps to be in fucking, you know, actually doing the thing. Not just saying we're going to do something, like doing it. You know what I mean? I mean, like I said, I was just watching the local news. There was the story. I'm like, this man. Yeah. And then doing the research and seeing that this whole community is accepting of him. Yeah. Makes me happy. Because you could easily have read he's having a hard time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the South. It's a small town in the South. It's still small. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the fact that they're like, no, actually, we're not those people. Great. And to your point, this kind of actually highlights like he has been on committees where police are being investigated. And he's also set up a one of the four pillars is with the kids getting social services involved. This is what we're saying. (laughs) This is what we're saying. We need cops, but we also need social workers in instances where people are having a mental, mental illness or a mental breakdown where cops aren't necessary. Lethal force isn't necessary, you know? So the fact that he was as a police officer and military officer, knowing that shows that he has a, emotional intelligence as well to him. So mm-hmm. I think that's, it's a good get. He's going to be great. I cannot wait to see what happens in his career. And 
I also like how you full circled it where a black man basically started this place and we also just elected a black man as, as chief of police. You know what I'm saying? It's like Sheriff a, is running this town. That's right. Exactly right. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. It, you know, it was fun reading the history yeah. of a town from like a local town from the 1800s. I was like geeking out. My husband was like... Are you're okay? so weird. Yeah. No, history's fun. Like, I loved, I love history too. I just love history. But it's even better like that when you're like, I had no idea. I, and when did this happen? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Well, cool. What a way to end it. Good job. Thanks. I try. You know, I try. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening to us, guys. We really, really appreciate it. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.